Good morning, Year 6. I hope you are all well. Today, you will be doing your guided reading session with me, Miss Begum. We shall start on Chapter 6, page 47. Chapter 6. Your mother and I got you up, said Pod, to tell you about upstairs. Arietti, holding the great cuff in both hands, looked at him over the edge. Pod coughed. You said a while back that the sky was dark brown with cracks in it. Well, it isn't. He looked at her most accusingly. It's blue. I know, said Arietti. You know? exclaimed Pod. Yes, of course I know. I've got the grating. Can you see the sky through the grating? Go on, interrupted Homily. Tell her about the grates. Okay, if you put me on pause and read the next page. Okay, it's my turn now. Once, said Pod, Henry Ree had three. Three of his own. Your father's thinking of Eglatina, said Homily. Yes, said Pod, Eglatina. They never told her about upstairs, and they hadn't got no grating. They told her the sky was nailed up, like, with cracks in it. A foolish way to bring up a child, murmured Homily. She sniffed slightly and touched Arietti's hair. But Egeltina was no fool, said Pod. She didn't believe them. So one day, he went on, she went upstairs to see for herself. How did she get out? asked Arietti, interested. Well, we didn't have so many gates then, just the one under the clock. Hendriri must have left it unlocked or something. Anyway, Egeltina went out. In a blue dress, said Homily, and a pair of button boots. Your father made her, yellow kid with jet beads of buttons, Lovely they were. Well, said Pod, any other time it might have been all right. She'd have gone out, had a look around, had a bit of a fright, maybe, and come back. None the worse, and no one the wiser. Okay, if you pause me now and read the next page. My turn now. Well, by a... something you've never heard of. But that's not the point. The point is, you think they'll get a cat? They may, said Homily. Arietti set down the soup for a moment. She stared into the cup as it stood beside her, almost knee-high on the floor. There was a dreamy, secret something about her lowered face. Couldn't we emigrate, she ventured at last, very softly. Homily gasped and clasped her hand and swung away towards the wall. You don't know what you're talking about, she cried, addressing a frying pan which hung there. Worms and weasels and cold and damp and... But supposing, said Arietti, that I went out, like Eccletina did, and the cat ate me, then you and Papa would emigrate, wouldn't you? She asked, and her voice faltered. Wouldn't you? Homily swung around again, this time towards Arietti. Her face looked very angry. I shall smack you, Arietti Clark, if you don't behave yourself this minute. Arietti's eyes filled with tears. I was only thinking, she said, that I'd like to be there, to emigrate too. Uneaten, she added softly, and the tears fell. Okay, if you put me on pause and read the next page. Okay, I shall start reading now. It's getting a bit heated. Eglatina had brothers, and Eglatina had half-brothers. Eglatina had a tame mouse. Eglatina had yellow boots with jet buttons, and Eglatina did get out. Just once, shh, said Pod gently, not so loud. Above their heads, the floors 
creaked and heavy footfalls heaved deliberately to and fro. They heard Mrs Driver's grumbling voice and the clatter of the fire irons. Drats this stove, they heard her say. Wind's in the east again. Then they heard her raise her voice and call Crampful. Pod sat staring grumly at the floor. Ariette shivered a little and hugged herself more tightly in the knitted quilt and homily drew a long, slow breath. Suddenly she raised her head. The child is right, she announced firmly. Ariette's eyes grew big. Oh no, she began. It shocked her to be right. Parents were right, not children. Children could say anything. Ariette knew and enjoyed saying it, knowing always they were safe and wrong. You see, Pod, went on homily, it was different for you and me. There were the families here, other children, the sinks in the scullery, do you remember? And those people who lived behind the knife machine. I forget their names now. Okay, if you put me on pause now and then read the next page. Okay, so it's my turn. Ariette turned quite pink. She clasped her hands together. Oh, she began in an ecstatic voice. But Pod cut in quickly. Now, homily, we've got to think. You can't just say things like that without thinking it out proper. I've been seen, remember? This is no kind of time for taking a child upstairs. There won't be no cat, said homily. There wasn't no screeching. It's not like that time with Rosa Pickhatchet. All the same, said Pod uncertainly. The risk's there. I never heard of no girl going borrowing before. The way I look at it, said Homily, and it's only now it's come to me. If you had a son, you'd take him borrowing now, wouldn't you? Well, you haven't got to no son, only Arietti. Suppose anything happened to you, or me, where would Arietti be if she hadn't learned to borrow? Pod stared down at his knee. Yes, he said after a moment. I see what you mean. And it'll give her a bit of interest, like, and stop her hankering. Hankering for what? For blue skies and grass and such like. Ariete caught her breath and homily turned on her swiftly. And homily turned on her swiftly. It's no good, Ariete. I'm not going to emigrate. Not for you, nor anyone else. Okay, if you pause it now and read the page. Great year six, you've done some really wonderful reading, I'm sure. Um, you have now finished chapter six. Tune in tomorrow to read chapter seven with Miss Saurabh. Have a good day. Don't forget to do the English task and your maths work. Bye.